0: This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level.
1: Hey, traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step, and this is Limit Up. It's where we talk with traders, market participants, and trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. Well, we're taking a couple weeks to replay some of our favorite episodes. Now, this week, we're replaying our conversation with trader Anne-Marie Band. Anne-Marie is a great friend of ours here at Top Step and has an interesting story on her path to becoming a consistently profitable trader. Enjoy. Anne-Marie Band, American author, financial analyst, technical analyst, and CEO And we've got Anne-Marie Band with us here today. Very nice to have you with us, Anne-Marie. How are you today?
2: I'm very well. I'm really excited to be here today.
1: I'm just as excited seeing you here. I know that you've uh, we've been friends for about five years. Yeah. And uh, we've been very honored to have you on our broadcast uh, weekly, just about weekly.
2: And I've been grateful to be there. It's been fun exchanging with the traders.
1: It is fun. It is fun. Now, Anne-Marie... American author, financial analyst, technical analyst, CEO. Uh, You've got a lot on your resume. Uh, Can you give us a little background on your trading? How did trading start for you?
2: You know, trading came for me uh, the way it uh, comes to a lot of different people. I think sometimes they go, you know what? I think I want to try trading. It was really as straightforward as that. I had been working in the recruiting business a really long time. I was getting very tired of it. And uh, I went to a seminar with my husband and saw someone show what technical analysis was. And I thought, how hard could that be? I'm hooked.
1: Oh, there you go. Sometimes getting hooked is is part of the problem. Getting hooked is... (laughs) part of the solution
2: <laughs> exactly
1: so um how about your background trading uh as far as where did that lead to
2: um do you mean how did i get to trading
1: how did you get to trading how did you sit behind a computer how did you uh, get involved who was the one that sort of said hey you can do this
2: my husband actually my husband said hey you could do this you could do this and um he's my biggest cheerleader and and I've needed it through the years trading because sometimes your points can get really low when you're trading and so you know you you do need someone to cheer you on and say hey you can do it and so from the very beginning he said listen everything about your background brings you right to this space so go for it and so I said all right I was in a good enough space that uh, we were able to have a good amount of money to trade, and and so I was off and running, trading with real money.
1: Now, it says financial analyst, technical analyst. How would you explain technical analyst to somebody that's unfamiliar with that term?
2: Being a technical analyst is someone who looks at the market data by itself. And a lot of times the, the space of technical analysis gets a little bit of a bad rap because there's so much that's nebulous. And as people, what we have a tendency to do is look for things that are outliers. When we look at a crowd, we will look for someone who doesn't look like us. If we are looking at a row of jackets, we'll pick the one that, looks different to the others even from our small ages you know we have those games that go one of these things is not like the other which one is it can you tell and so from that space we're all sort of geared to look for different things and a lot of people who look for technical analysis to drive them in the right space they actually pick outliers things on the skinny sides of the tail instead of the fat part of the curve and so what I learned through technical analysis is that our success comes from paying attention to the fat part of the curve and not the tails if we want to get ourselves in the right side most of the time
1: now could you say focus on the common rather than the unique
2: that's exactly what I mean yes that's exactly what i mean thank you for that clarification there i fell into my statistics background with that
1: curve it's okay though but you 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 didn't fall i was right here to catch you that's all right now when we talk about technicals for someone that's interested in technicals uh, where should they start now uh, is it always a complex pattern or is it uh, simple indicators
2: you know The simple answer there is that in order to be very good at something, we have to build a very concrete foundation. And the concrete foundation needs to be simplistic. And I like to start with support and resistance. Now a lot of things happen with support and resistance depending on what kind of trend we're in, right? If we're in a downward trend, support breaks more often. If we're in an upward trend resistance breaks more often but it's where you start support and resistance and if you study that you build a concrete foundation it's sort of like learning to add and subtract and then learning how addition is something like multiplication only faster and that sort of thing right so in terms of not knowing anything of technical analysis, start simple and really solidify your understanding at that level before hopping into complex spaces. And for many of us, we want to hit the ground running. I talk to people all the time that go, hey, I want to get this in three months. And I speak to people like that and I go, wait a second, I know people doing this for 30 years and they're still studying every single day. You can't, get it in three months there's no warp speed drive to send you off into there's, wherever too bad
1: there's not I'm making <laughs> no. a million on that one but i understand too you know it, it, you've got to understand that uh, it, it takes a long journey before you can actually uh, be comfortable and have success uh, consistently yes so it's 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 a process it's a process now um trade setups yeah right how many trade setups would you look at and uh, what kind of products do you trade
2: well here's the wonderful thing about what happened with me and I'm, so I'm going to answer this question in kind of a long drawn-out space so forgive me for that when I first came into trading um, I really wasn't used to making a lot of mistakes and I was very bullheaded and so I really thought that once I had my idea fixated on where a chart was going, I could pile in and eventually it would do what it was going to do. And so I turned a relatively large fortune into a relatively small one. <laughs>
0: so <Whoops.
2: laughs> during that space, what I learned was I was trying to do too much at the same time. And when I, I sat back and I said, wait a second, what are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for consistency. And consistency doesn't mean right every time. But consistency means if I'm wrong, I can manage that risk. And if I'm right, the chart will continue and I'll be able to participate. But building that consistency doesn't really come well if you are in looking at 15 different kinds of setups, and so today I look at two kinds of price action events. I look for a chart that is holding support and in continuation, or rejecting resistance and in continuation. And if it's in a sideways patch, I'll say, okay, are you ready to trade sideways from one to the other and then one to the other? If I say yes, then that's fine. But if I don't, I sit back until the chart gives me the setups that I'm looking for. And so the key thing is to make it simple and straightforward. Now, here's what happens when somebody listens to that. They go, yeah, but... And your mind immediately can think of 15 different examples of, well, you know, that's not that simple. But indeed... If you go right down into any space, if a chart is moving upward, it's gonna hold a higher support, it's gonna break resistance, and it's gonna come back to an even higher support. When you see that, you know you've got motion into the next line of resistance. So many of us sit back and go, yeah, well, I hear what you're telling me, but that's sort of in depth and you have to do step-by-step. Let's think, let's take a look at any January Kiplinger or whatever they have, or Forbes or whatever, and they go, hey, tell us what we're going to do for the year. And they pick the 20 best voices of the market or whatever. How many of those guys are right at the end of the year? Two? <laughs> Maybe. Right? Yeah, yeah. There is proven statistical data that says nobody can predict the distant future not with any consistency. They might do it a couple of years and then they're wrong for 10 years in a row, or they might do it for one year and then miss three years and then get another year. That's not consistent. But what we can consistently do is look at small chunks of time and realize because price action is related to the prior price action, we are looking at that space where we can say, Hey, listen, I can go from here to here because that's reasonable. And so that's what I say start with something very simple straightforward and then study it backwards and forwards until you go oh I see a nuance there oh I see a nuance there and it will help you pull your rhythm together
1: All right now Uh, Products. What are your favorite products?
2: Well, I love the futures, but the great thing is if you use support and resistance across the board because humans are trading and we're moving backwards and forwards in that flow of traffic, it works all the same. There's a cornerstone of the human condition that makes us gravitate to where each other is and then pull back from those areas. And it's present in any market you look at, or none.
1: Okay. Now, Ann, we talked earlier before the podcast and um, your uh, your progressive movement towards trading, why it made you such a good trader, why you were able to uh, write these books. um, What were you doing before trading that led to this?
2: I began... As a mathematician. And during my uh, studying as a mathematician, I realized that I liked statistics better because it sat in the real world as opposed to the theoretical world. And so I focused on statistics. And then during my graduate school years, I moved to biostatistics and neuroscience. And that really came out of the fact that I just enjoyed watching people. It was just a thing. I I would think to myself, well, that's odd. But I enjoyed the analysis of that. And so I worked as a neuroscience researcher for a while, but I wasn't making any money. And so I moved into recruiting, recruiting people like myself so I could talk to them. And that's where I stayed for many years until I was really burned out. And all of that together, working with people day in, day out, understanding how they make decisions, watching how they can move back and forth and vacillate between one decision and another, and then having all the math and pattern recognition background that I had, this was the perfect space for me. And so when I saw trading, I literally was like, well, this is what I've been working for for the last 30 years or whatever to make me right. ready for this.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and the trading floor, we would have called you a rocket scientist.
2: <laughs> Not even. <laughs>
1: Not
0: yep, even. There's one of
1: those rocket scientists. Yep. She's wearing new shoes again.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: very successful people on the trading floor. Um, let's talk about building consistency. Consistency is such an important uh, word and direction and goal uh, for traders. That have been in the business for a while that are just starting out. Uh, now, we talk about uh, experiences with high fluctuations. Uh, we talk about passion. Um, how did this become a passion? And were you influenced by the experience of the high fluctuations?
2: Well, you know, that's sort of a layered question. And so, first thing I have to give props to Brian Shannon, um, who was really uh, great at talking about key things and keeping them simple, right? He's very simple and very direct about how things work in the market space. And so I have to give props to him because he really said, you know, pay attention. And then these are the things to look at, and he talked about multiple timeframes. As far as understanding market motion, the next person was uh, Peter Reznicek, and he's the one that talked to me about market internals. And so I, I gotta give those guys props for that. Outside of that, all by myself, and the one thing I noticed was absolute inconsistency all the time. I mean, I would get one trade, good, and then 20 trades, bad. And really, the one trade is just luck. It's absolute luck. And so I thought to myself, wait a second, why am I being inconsistent? And what I noticed was, well, everything about me is inconsistent. I don't eat regularly. I don't um. I don't do anything on a regular cycle. Everything about, I don't exercise on a regular cycle. I don't do anything. And I think it's really, a lot of us are inconsistent. We're inconsistent about, hey, you know, I really need to lay off X and I don't, you know, I really want to. And so building consistency is part of a human condition, which very few of us actually have in spades. And so what I saw was, all right, You've got to get consistent, but you've got to get consistent in a way that's easy for you to do. And so for me, it had to be one, two, three, four. I couldn't do anything more than that. One of the most difficult things that I have to work through as a trader in the space is um, being overwhelmed by too much information because being a functioning autistic I am often extremely overwhelmed and bombarded by information. I have to filter it out. Right. And doing that actually forced me to say, okay, if you do one, two, three, four, then seven out of 10 times or eight out of 10 times, this is going to happen.
1: Let me ask you real quick. Yes. How, how long did it take you to start saying, you know what? I need priorities. Um, you know, Sometimes you were mentioning, you know, uh, you weren't eating right. You weren't yeah. exercising, you know, uh consistently. But sometimes our lifestyles don't let us do what we want to do. But we've yeah. got to do the best that we can. Exactly. Um, we're does that take us I mean where would you give somebody some information and some uh, some insight on you know what my lifestyle I got kids you know I got to do this I got to do that but but I want to do this I've got the passion for trading I got the desire for trading Um, I want to trade I want to see success but the time is not there
2: yeah well you know what I have this philosophy about the human condition we'll make the time for whatever what we really want to do. For instance, if you love sports, my husband's a sports junkie, he's made me a sports junkie, he finds the time to catch up on XYZ, whether it's 30 minutes here, 45 minutes there. It might not be a specific regimen, but it's a passion of his, and so he makes the time for it. And I think for all of us, we, the great equalizer is time. Mm-hmm. No matter what our socioeconomic class, from low to high, we've all got the same 24 hours. Now, many of us can use the duplication of others because we have the finances for that. But at some point, we have to go, I need to make the time for this. And that's the regiment of. This is how I'm going to structure my space. and in the end, that's really what you have to do.
1: Keyword management yes. no, lifestyle management, trade management, yes. you know uh, one of the things I'm always sharing with our traders is manage yourself, manage your account. and
2: oh my gosh, that's profoundly true.
1: It, it it all it's like a full circle into if you want success, this is what you need to do. yeah, you need to do that. yeah now, Uh, You were talking about uh, earlier, and I want you to share with us here, rhythm and flow. Okay. What is rhythm and what is flow? And I'm not talking about dancing.
2: Right. Um, You know, this is an interesting thing to put quantitatively into words and so you'll forgive me for peering off into space as i try to go do ahead that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll turn
1: around this way and i won't, I won't watch you uh, she's-
2: so rhythm and flow is really about what the traders are into for the day and you can sort of tell you know sometimes we, we come into the market and price action leaps from one area to the next upward and so we know hey traders are excited about participating to the upside here so there's a rhythm it's a speedy flow or it's a more cautious flow that means we'll go up and we'll come down maybe half as much as we went up and then we'll go up a little bit more and come down about as half as much as we went up so the rhythm and flow there is slower and then the rhythm and flow can be steeper in either upside or downside and so one of the first things we can do is notice that now a lot of us might think about what i'm saying there and go well how do you do that and there's something really straightforward it's called your moving average Mm -hmm. and as long as you don't use one of those micro moving averages that just runs really close to all your candlesticks look at something like a 30 right a 30 or a 50 if you're looking at a smaller time can we break that
1: down what is a 30 what is a 50.
2: my apologies a 30 simple moving average what that does a 30 simple moving average if you're looking at a daily chart it takes 30 days and measures the average of those if you're looking at a 30 minute chart it takes 30 30 minute candles and then adds them all together and gives you the average, right? Of the close. They'll use the close of the candlestick for the most part. So that really is what that average is. And that average gives you the relative speed of the traffic. And sometimes the speed of a traffic looks like. Uh, just a nice smooth hillside and then other times it looks like your favorite roller coaster either in one direction or the other and so assessing that at the beginning tells you the probable answer to the question wait a second how far will this come into support if I want to buy it if you are looking at something that is an undulating flow it's nice smooth rhythm with hills and valleys you know it's likely to come back in pretty nicely to old resistance new support but if it looks like the upside of a roller coaster it's not coming back to those spaces that you're accustomed to so what you would have to do is Look even closer to those edges of those candlesticks very close by to see where you can hop in if you're running with momentum, right? Like a momentum trade, which is the one I just spoke about, you can catch that rhythm. If it's very steep, you know it's very unlikely that you'll fall back into your steep spaces unless, of course, you've been running for a long time and then you're going to have volume exhaustion and price exhaustion in that space.
1: Now, let me ask you, does flow always follow rhythm or uh, can we have a market that's flowing and we can gain rhythm?
2: Oh, well, the rhythm is actually the market's rhythm, not our rhythm. And the flow is actually the market's flow, not our flow. So when you say, if we can catch our rhythm, Maybe the term would be, maybe we can catch the market's rhythm because our rhythm doesn't matter, particularly to the market. And so,
1: so, so, I mean, what I'm saying is when we do see a market, uh, could we see the flow of the market before the rhythm or is it, we're seeing rhythm and then into the flow?
2: You know, it's all the same. It's interconnected and it's interconnected this way if i'm looking for flow my word might be order flow where is it packing Mm -hmm. right and the rhythm might be you know um more of the steepness of that motion once it gets into that space but in the end i feel like i'm what they say in the South, um, slicing a frog's hair. And so somebody will say, wait, f- frogs don't have hair. Exactly. <laughs> there
1: you go. See. Exactly. How many people listening here are trying to visualize that? Because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at a frog and then I, wait a minute, you got me because I've been born and raised here in the Midwest. Frog's hair. Yes. signs the... a
2: frog's hair. Yes. So, um, Yeah. And, and so it's all a a piece together that really might mean, Hey, what's my overall trend, but a a trend by itself doesn't only tell us we need more to understand that. And that's why I use that rhythm and flow term in that space.
1: All right. Now, Anne, um, talk about personal metrics. Uh, what would you look at to get an indication on consistency, uh, Is it all about uh, P&L or are there other things that you can track?
2: You know, in the end, it really is all about P&L, but here's the thing. When you're first learning, when you build yourself a strategy, you have a set of rules. If you follow the rules start to finish and your rules are good, that's a good metric. Because sometimes the trade's going to go bad. But interestingly, if you have a good strategy and you always follow those, your P&L is going to be upward also. So the two are very closely connected. What would matter is if you hit, you know, if you're a slugger and you're always Mm -hmm. swinging for the fences, you are going to strike out, right? Many times. Many times. Much more, right? So, um that can skew your p l if you've had a big run and you think you're all that in a bag of chips and when really it was just this one big win that you had and everything else you've been chipping away and making that overall win smaller and smaller over Mm -hmm. time right so i really i come right back to the rule base which is really all about consistency one two three four did i follow my rules did i get nervous and get out too early or did i actually wait to see it break the level that it needed to break for me to go you know what this trade's done or did I do something I should not have done that's not in my defined set of
1: rules let me ask you something do you journal
2: I used to a great deal now I sort of jot things down and when I Do take a trade and it doesn't go well. My key thing is to use a positive reinforcement space that says, next time, make sure you've qualified that support. Next time, make sure you've qualified that resistance. And in my words, qualifying the resistance would mean it failed to breach and then collapsed, or it breached and then failed to hold. So when I say qualify, those are the things that I mean for myself, but I'm always looking to put notes down that were, that are going to assist me the next time I come into that situation. When I first began journaling, all I talked about was what an abysmal failure I was, what I couldn't do. Really, there's a whole chapter in my first book called The Trading Book that I really sort of bared myself out and I said, Hey, listen, this is somebody who was not a natural. I was not a natural. I made an unbelievable amount of mistakes. And I literally took sections out of my journal and gave them to my editor. And I said, you know, just put them in there. And um, it was very, it was a little bit nerve wracking right, to know that somebody was going to be reading the inside of journals that you felt were for you. But I thought in the end, if people really understood the fact that there is a big mental struggle in the game, in addition to finding parameters that work consistently, then it was going to help them do better, which is why I wrote the book.
1: Right. And that's a good point, because I think when you're transparent, when you're trying to educate someone, whether you give them your prior good, your prior positive, and your prior bad, your negative. Uh, you know, we're always talking about learning from failure. And if we can learn from somebody else's failure, that's gonna save us some a time. Ton. A ton. Right. And in and, and, and this business, I know that you know, on the broadcast, we try to share our, our gains and our failures. And I tell you, I've been in the business 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. I'm learning something new every day, yeah. even from some of our new traders, you know, situations um, that come up, actions that were taken. So that's, that's something that uh, you can build great consistency yeah. and great success on. Well Ann Marie, um, I've got some fun questions now that I would like to ask you if, if you, Do you have the time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, awesome. Always ready for fun. All right, me too, (laughs) me too. All right. Now, um, you're a mentor to a lot of people. You're well-respected here on the broadcast to a lot of our traders. Um, Somebody getting started in the business, um, somebody new, a new trader, what would be the best advice that Anne Marie would tell this person?
2: don't use real money when you're learning
1: okay that's a that's a good point Uh,
2: you know i i find this to be a very straightforward thing to say and by golly i i even think somebody said it to me but i thought well what's the point of that no skin in the game If I had skin in the game, then I'd be paying attention. Well, that might be true if you actually knew what you were doing, which is what my problem was. I had no idea what I was doing because I was trying to follow too many threads. And I was sitting in some sort of salad bar technical analysis space, picking a little from Peter, picking a little from Paul, picking a little from Mary, picking a little from Jenny. And putting that all together in some sort of hodgepodge that did not make a consistently reliable system and so i was doing it with real money and good grief
1: let me ask you something why do you think there is such a differential when somebody learns on a sim which i completely agree i mean it's like Walking into Major League Baseball and taking that ninety-five mile an hour fastball—I mean, you're just going to look completely silly unless you've been in the cages and you've practiced. Exactly. And but it's a
2: great analogy, also. Exactly.
1: Now the problem I see is when somebody is is trading the sim mm-hmm. and they go to a live account mm-hmm. account with real money. Why is there such a different mindset? It's um. I mean, what's something that you would tell a trader that, uh, you know, keep your basics and uh, think of it as a sim? Or what would be your no, advice it would, there? It
2: would actually be quite similar to that, but the reverse of it. Treat your sim like it's real money.
1: Okay, that's a good point. I like that.
2: You've got to treat. If you don't treat your sim like it's real money, it's useless to you. For instance, I had a student. He came to me. He was like, you know what? I could trade my SIM account, and I'm up XYZ. And now I get into my real account, and I'm down XYZ. I said, all right, well, let's compare the two. Where do you put your stops in your SIM? Oh, I don't use stops. Oh, no. where, do, where do you where do you put your stops in your real account? Well, I, you know, I, I just give myself 10 cents. I'm like... See, you got to trade these things the same way. That's why SIM accounts work for some people and they don't for others because the people who are trading SIM feel like, hey, I'm trading SIM. It doesn't matter.
1: Gamification. Next question. How about sharing with us your scariest, scariest, scariest scariest trade?
2: (laughs) Okay, so um, one thing I love about Top Step is, Top Step Trader is that you... Tell folks that have uh, the accounts that you are not to hold during major economic releases, and that's to keep the traders safe. You know, a lot of us are gunslingers here as traders, right? We're cowboys. We want to do maverick things, and we so we think to ourselves. Oh. But really, <laughs> it's to keep yes. us safe. And one of those things before I moved to futures, I I played. Um, in the in the stocks and I don't want to use the word played I worked with the stocks and I was trading a company that went into uh, an earnings report and it had been flying high and I was uh, short puts and um, I can't remember if I was long calls, but the, I was much more short puts in that space. And the very next morning it opened up a hundred dollars a share lower. Mm. Oh yeah. And I was absolutely as leveraged as I could be. It was just literally, I felt sick to my stomach and that I lost a ton of money on that trade. And I've never forgotten it. Really, I made that trade, I think it was probably 2008 or 2009, and I've never forgotten it. The sheer panic, it's actually causing my lip to sweat a bit thinking about it. (laughs) It's it's
1: hot in here. Let me open the window.
2: (laughs) It was just, I couldn't believe it. And so... I started trying to lever my, my way out of it and it lifted a little, but I still lost a ton of money and it's still, uh, I still feel that visceral state of, uh, sick when I, when I think about it.
1: Let me ask you something. Emotions at the time.
2: Oh my goodness sakes. I, I was a deer in the headlights.
1: Was this a point in your trading days where you were like, you know what? I need to step back a bit and possibly look at some other ways around this business. It's very
2: funny that you say that, but no, I was a good grief. I would not give up for anything. My husband had to say to me, listen, honey, I'm not really sure that you know what you're doing.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute, my wife says that to me now.
2: <laughs> You've got to stop trading real money until you figure this out. And so you know, always um, the best supporter ever, I said, all right, okay. And uh you know, some things you just have to be pulled out of. For me, I have some very good traits. Uh, You cannot keep me down. There's, I mean, I'm called, what do my, um, my family calls me something like, sunshine mary or something like that because i'm always looking at the silver linings so much so that if things are going bad and they want to wallow in it they don't call me because I, i'm just always well let's look at the bright side for this and that's how i was looking at myself this is another learning opportunity this is just another learning opportunity here's what you're going to learn but i the market kept teaching me the same lessons over and over and over again right. i thought i was learning them but i really wasn't because i wasn't looking at it in terms of present motion, I was still fixated on future motion. How does future motion supposed to look? And instead, what I believe that a person's supposed to do is when they look at the market, they think to themselves, what is most reasonable to assume based on this current price action? Not anything that happened last year, last week, last month, 10 years ago. What's happening now in the current environment? What is the most likely thing to do and move from there? Which is really why I've sort of drifted away from that option space and sit firmly in the intraday future space because I find it to be extremely rewarding from that perspective.
1: I see you uh, as somebody naturally um, successful with PMA. PMA is Positive Mental Attitude. Yes. Now, when I was right out of high school, I got a job in the mailroom and I met W Clement Stone.
2: You did?
1: I was the the AV kid from the mailroom and I put on a presentation for them and he took time out he took time out to sit with me and tell me about positive mental attitude. And I tell you, the guy was a flare. I tell you, dressed to the T, um, looked like Cab Calloway with the thin mustache. But he told me about positive mental attitude, and I try to share that with uh, my traders, and I try to share that with my family. And what you just explained was that you know what? Nothing's going to put me down. Yeah. Okay, what if you look towards positivity? I tell you negativity can be knocking on that door all day long Mm -hmm. all right and it's never going to come in yeah, all right doesn't matter how hard it tries so i think that uh, you're a perfect example of complete pma positive mental attitude
2: well i appreciate that i think it's amazing you got to meet him he was i've listened to so much of his stuff he's just
1: he was a great person here in chicago Oh my yeah.
2: gosh, that's amazing.
1: But anyway, this podcast is with you. Let's talk about you. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, now, uh, we talked about the scariest. How, how about your favorite trait? Something that uh, shines, Sunshine Mary.
2: <laughs> that's going to be a name I'm, I'm going to call gonna you Sunshine Mary. To <laughs> actually i think it's pretty cool (laughs) um best trade you know i try not to um focus on those best or worst spaces because i really do try to keep myself even keel but i really don't have a best trade i have setups that make me very comfortable and uh, you know different people say different things they say things like you've got to get out of your comfort zone i am not a a party to that particularly because getting out of your comfort zone can tend to make you irrational and so the better thing might be stretch yourself a little which you have enough comfort to perform but you're not going to break down under the stress of having to perform and so That's what I always focus on. Am I putting myself under too much stress that would give me an outside chance of not being able to perform? And so I look for those setups that are tried and true. I love looking for a chart failing to advance and coming back into support while still holding a nice upward rhythm and flow and the reverse. And so I would say, so I, I don't have a favorite, I, I do focus on those spaces that make me know that I will feel good.
1: All right. You got to feel good. You know, like you mentioned, you got to get out of your comfort zone. And a lot of people say, no, you know, I'm going to adjust, so I'm comfortable. I don't need to get out of that zone. Next question is... Well, actually, you're in our broadcast booth here at Top Step Trader Headquarters, and every once in a while, this turns into a time machine. We're going to give you the opportunity to go back in time and meet the young Anne-Marie, okay? And uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to tell the young Anne-Marie something that would benefit her moving on in life. So we're going back into time. You meet Anne-Marie, and she looks at you and says, boy, you look at, you look like me, but older. <laughs> so what are you going to tell this young Anne-Marie?
2: Well, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say that even no matter what I tell her, she's unless she believes it for herself, she's just going to kick it to the curb. Uh, just <laughs> hard-headed, absolutely. Oh, my goodness sakes. But if I could tell her something, I would say make sure you
1: paper trade paper trade (laughs) so she gets a job in the paper industry no i don't want to let's trade i'll trade some for this paper yeah understandable understandable it's it's a must a lot of people say i don't believe in paper trade i don't believe in the sim i don't believe all right obviously they they caught something lucky and moved on beyond that but uh, you
2: know my favorite analogy is always towards professional sports how much time uh, do you think those guys spend on the practice field versus the playing field sure and we are operating in a space where we have the most capitalized smartest well informed people Out there and we're just gonna jump right in and try and trade with them and think that we can hold our weight I mean are we being completely I mean that's 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 just crazy
1: that would be like if you heard uh, a news report yeah the Yankees just signed this really hot pitchers Uh, used to be a real estate agent last year (laughs) <laughs> exactly. They sort of just he exactly. up, he's cyber He's pitch. You're not going to hear that. You're not going to hear yeah. that. Yeah. So, all right. Um now I want to ask you something. Um I've said that we're very happy and very proud to have you as part of the Top Step Trader community, an educator, a great friend, um and Being a female, being a woman in this industry, can you sort of tell us a little bit about women in the industry and uh, your journey?
2: You know, interestingly, I think the time that I'm in trading right now is the best time for women to be in the space, period, because there's the opportunity for independent work away from uh, a very a big environment that is still male-dominated, right? And so I think as a woman, it's a great space. You know, you and I talked about being in the pit, and there's no way I could have survived in that space, just not mentally equipped for that kind of frenetic exchange of humankind all over the place. And in this space where... I've got very organized and orchestrated systems like the ones at Top Step Trader to use and uh, get myself steady in that space. I think it really has been great for me as a trader coming in at this particular time. Now do I notice when I have exchanges with others that there aren't as many women? Yes, I do
1: why do you think why do you think that's that's part of the
2: factor um, you know trading is an aggressive trading is an aggressive occupation and so there's a sense of women being uncomfortable in an extremely aggressive environment because we're taught that that's not something to be no. right and it's sort of like uh you know if A man is very aggressive we call him a go-getter if woman's very aggressive we have other words for her right and so we're sort of cultured away from that aggressive space and that might have a little bit to do with it there are a lot of things that hold women back from the space but i think most of it is self-contrived really because the space is magnificent for women. It's a meritocracy, meaning that we can rise to any level we choose based on our efforts. It's not about whether Joe likes you or Beth likes you or whomever that's above you that likes you. You get the job done, you're going to move higher in the space and you're going to have accolades because of it. So really trading is the ultimate space for women to be in in my mind because it gives us freedom to move as fast as we want to without any kind of hindrance and there are not a lot of occupations for women like that very frankly
1: right and that's we talk about the electronic trading where you can set it up to your liking you can yes. trade as you like, you can trade when you like. Um, there's there's no boundaries. It's you're your own boss, and uh, you can pro- progress very well from this. But I appreciate that that insight, and hopefully a little later on we can talk more about that.
2: Absolutely.
1: All right, Anne Marie was very nice having you here with us today. Uh, and uh, before you go, want to make sure that everybody knows where they can. In contact with you online. So, what are some of the venues?
2: All right, you can um, email me directly at info@thetradingbook.com, at or you can tweet to me directly at Anne Marie Trades, um, or you can find me on LinkedIn uh, by searching on my name. I'm pretty. I try to make myself very available. To traders because I struggled a lot as a trader, and my goal really, when I finally caught my stride, I said, you know what? I'm just I'm not just gonna shuffle numbers back and forth and make money. I'm going to make a difference and be a service to my fellow trader. So interaction with me, I hope makes for a better, a better trading space for someone else because then that way my life becomes more fulfilling. I'm giving back to the space that's been so good to me.
1: And yeah, I tell you, it must have been really good because you give us you give us a hundred percent every time we give you a call. It's, it's so nice to have you a part of us and hopefully Thank we're a you. part of you.
2: Thank you so much. Now
1: yes. and you've got a few books out, author, C E O and it, Give us some, t- you mentioned one of the books. Tell us about these books.
2: All right. Uh, the first is The Trading Book, and it really is a look at the market and how, how technical indicators move together. Now, if you're a quick study, you can just jump right into it and read through the, the whole space. A lot of it's very readable. A lot of folks in my family actually have read the book and said, well, there were a couple of chapters that I just didn't get, but um, everything was very real and cemented. And I tried to use very physical examples. I'm a very physically, um, I always like to look at Real world spaces just to bring the trading space into view. And so that was written a few years back. And then on top of it, I have a second book called The Trading Book Companion. And what that book does is it takes examples of real trades that I have taken, where they went well, where they didn't go well, and then break them down in terms of saying, all right, this is what you look for, this is what you look for, this is what you look for, as opposed to. Um, only pointing out the negative spaces, which I really have chronicled in my journal there in the first book. But those two are very, very useful. And I've had people really all over the world um, buy them and send notes and say, hey, one guy took a picture of it. And he said, oh, it's finally here. And in the background were the Alps. So I thought that was kind of cool. Cool. And um, yeah, so.
1: You could find these books on Amazon, correct? Yes, you
2: can. All right, check them out.
1: And uh, one more time on the information info at, at
2: thetradingbook.com.
1: All right. Check out that website also, thetradingbook.com.
2: Yes. And then uh, at Anne Marie Trades on Twitter.
1: All right. Anne Marie, A N N E M A R I E. Anne Marie, once again, pleasure having you here. And I'm really looking forward already to our second time you come in here in the broadcast booth and. Uh, We'll riddle you with more questions. All
2: right. Sounds super. Looking
1: forward to it. All right. All right, Anne-Marie, take care. Thank you again. All right, we're back. Preya, there was really so much there that a trader could take away. Lots of lots of good stuff. Now, that may be one of those interviews that's best to listen to a couple times. And I was lucky enough to actually do the interview with Anne-Marie. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. There is so much there for traders to think about, digest, and then act on. Mm-hmm. I, I really love the way she talked about trading and being a meritocracy and how success in doing that comes from what she called the fat part of the, the curve. curve, right, right. Yeah. And basically, she was saying that finding something repeatable- and that had high probability of succeeding was critically important. It's sexy to pick tops and bottoms in the market, but you know why?
1: Right, right. It is it's sexy to do that, but don't do it on the beach. You're <laughs> you'll get in trouble. Already. You'll get in trouble. Um but any you know, the thing is too, high probability. High probability mm-hmm. Um, the question is, how do we find high probability? And and it was really really nice that she talked about that. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because you know we see that so many traders do so many different things. We're all different traders, and we all have different characteristics. We all act differently, um, and we're all looking for the the, the common uh, common road to success. You now, time and time again, we hear the same things. Uh, from our traders that are successful. Focus on risk management, yep. align expectations with what is reality and take your time learning. It's so important is, you know, people get in the business, new people, and they want to rush through. They, they see the other people making money. But the thing is, this is a long process and it's it's a career journey. All right, Preya, what other takeaways did you get from this interview?
0: Yeah, one of them being that success is being able to answer the question, you know, did I follow my rules? You know, it doesn't matter much what the market does. If we follow our rules and our strategy has an advantage, then we will be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, if we followed our rules and our strategy does not have an advantage, then we need to change our strategy up, you know. But at least we know that.
1: Right. The thing is, you know, we're always saying that if something's not working, mm-hmm. take a few steps back uh, and reevaluate the situation. Reevaluate yep. market direction. Reevent. And uh, I mean, there's a lot. It's it's not. You're not gonna uh, hit success with uh, with only one idea. Sometimes, you know, we talk about this on the broadcast about having a, a plan A, a mm-hmm. plan B, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, doing the work. You need to do the work. Now, uh, there's also some other stuff that uh, leads into this whole conversation of, about being inconsistent. Yes. Um, now, she had an epiphany that she wanted to be consistent, yep. right? Not make tons of money, and I think that's one of the problems uh, a lot of traders have is swinging for the fence. Now, put yourself uh, in Anne Marie's shoes. She did a lot of work. She went through uh, the process for a long time. And, uh, you know, now she notices that nothing she did was consistent Mm -hmm. Uh, from the time she woke up to uh, what and how often she ate and uh, what she did during the day. Now, that definitely impacts her training. And that if you can sort of dissect that that's what impacts a lot of our trading
0: yeah and i think that's what led to a wake up call from her husband all right. you know when she was still struggling with the market she said she you know kept learning the same lesson and which is to say that she wasn't really learning at all
1: sometimes we you know we think that we're progressing mm-hmm. and sometimes you can consider that just being lucky on a trade um you know he did mention to her that maybe this isn't you know your gig maybe it's it's not the right but the thing is she had the passion she had the desire she did and it, she kept moving forward and that definitely helped her reach uh, that plateau of success mm-hmm. and boy she's uh Such she's an impressive successful. Lady, she's impressive, yes very much so but uh, anyway um i think that might be it preya uh hey Thanks for stopping by the broadcast booth here, doing the podcast with me. It was a pleasure having you here again.
0: Always, always happy to come by, and hang out with you, Eddie.
1: Now, would you come back again?
0: Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right, cool.
1: All right. Traders, thanks for spending time with us. If you like the interview, check out our other conversations on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Also, uh, you can help us reach more listeners by sharing this podcast with your friends, your enemies, your enemies' friends, your parents, <laughs> your grandparents. Share it out there. Uh, give us a review or, or a rating. Leave a rating. Uh, you can always provide us feedback at limitup, topsteptrader.com. And I pray, you, take care.
0: Thank you, Eddie. You too. All
1: right, everybody. Talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.